Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. Yes, you are. <laughs> and on this That's episode... Right. And you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> one person can be the loot master. We bow. We're not worthy. Not worthy. <laughs> Although soon we will call you, David, the hurdy-gurdy master. Well, I, I, hopefully someday. Someday. Someday yeah. there. Anyways, what are we talking about tonight? Nemesis Games. Is it games or game? Um, games. Games. Nemesis Games by James S.A. Corey. Um, this is book five in the Expanse series. Uh, if you've been following along, we've been doing these during our sci-fi times. Yeah, we stopped, vo- we stopped voting for other sci-fi books because Mouser <laughs> just finished the series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like it was rigged <laughs> to it get was. these books anyway. Like, like, all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess a brief summary of this is we're, we're back with the crew of the Rosinante, but instead this time, instead of, a the whole crew facing one issue, they split up Yeah, all over the, all over the galaxy. And then they all face their own version of the big bad thing. Yes. And so it's, uh, it's. Just for a brief summary, that's what you got there. And uh, yeah, so I guess we can start with first thoughts on the book. Jim, let's start with you. All right, fair enough. This was my favorite of the series so far. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, now that's not to that's not to put down any of the other books or anything like that, but it was really neat to get an insight into uh, the Rosinante crew and see how they thought and some of the things they did and some of their background. Uh, yeah, hands down, this is this is my favorite of the series. Yeah. Very good, very good. Scott. Uh, so uh, I was having this conversation with David, who was acting kind of coy, coy at supper, saying, "I don't want to tell you too much what I thought, but yeah. I, you know, and as you know, since I'm Mister Rita Head, I read through the entire series, the short stories, and there is one short story that plays into this novel, dealing with uh, Amos's background, but they obviously delve quite a bit into that. Even here, uh, they delve more into it in this short story, but in rereading this book. For this show, I again, uh, well, I realized I liked it the first time and I loved it the second time because, well, you guys don't know because you're not Mr. Read Ahead, <laughs> is that this book sets up the rest of the story. There's characters you encounter here um, and situations you encounter here that are playing out in book eight. Wow. And so this is a huge setup and it doesn't spoil anything because I'm not telling you what's happening, but. Um, and I just, I just loved it for all the in-depth 
you get into the characters. Like, we know about Holden. Holden's been pretty transparent. We find out all about him along the way. But the other characters are mysterious until this book. And we get some hints of it in the last book uh, with, uh, with, with Alex and his divorce. But here we get into the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And we get our uh, we get Bobby back, and we get Clarissa Mal back. It's just fabulous. So, uh, but hands down, with you, Jim, favorite book of the series. And again, awesome. again, not to minimize the other books. The other books, if you listen to the podcast, we love those books, and yeah. that hasn't changed. But of them, there's something about this book that is just striking. Well, I hate to be the trend breaker on this one. So I won't be. This is my favorite book of the series. <laughs> I'm waiting for the rant master to come on. Where's that? Bring out the rant master. We rant. I know. Where's I don't think that the rant master is gonna make an appearance today. I the things that bugged me about the last book that I mean, I think that you guys gave it the last one five, and that was the only one of the series that I gave four. And it was because I think my complaint was that they just were stuck in one place the whole time and it kind of like drug out. Listen, you me. can't make that complaint with this book. No, that, this <laughs> book is total opposite. And <laughs> and I loved that we had reached the point that's like, I feel like other authors would have done something like this in the first or second book. And they'd be like, well, you know the characters. Now let's split them up and do something. But it's like it has been building these these characters. We know them so well. And now it's like, hey, go spend some time with them doing this thing. And we don't have to waste your time on too many details about the character. You can just grow with them instead of instead of like having to learn everything about them. And I mean, you learn about them, but it's not like, you know, it's not like, hey, this is Naomi. This is who she is. It's like this is the Naomi, you know, this is how she's grown as a person. And this is where she came from. Like, and that's the thing I was going to say. The thing that's amazing about these stories is you have three distinct characters that you follow, and each of them had their own version of a flawed past. Yeah, like, and you know, these are these are less than perfect individuals um, uh, who have somehow come together under the bond of Joel, James Holden, mm-hmm. um, who is also in some ways in this book a little bit imperfect, right? Um, but. Yeah, fabulous story. I know that I constantly go back to to like um, saying that this story reminds me of Farscape, or I think as you could say any like Motley Crue to come together, but so much so that when they were they were criminals that come together to be this like group of do-gooders, but they all have these dark, not total dark, dark, but like you know darker pasts or like things that haunt them that make them who they are. And we knew that these characters had this, but now we really get to explore a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it of was what hinted like Amos. It was hinting at like no one. He, Amos just doesn't talk about his past, right? Um, and then we get a little bit of a veil pulled back, right? And uh, interesting. And now, skipping ahead just a little bit, one of the things that I've been saying that I thought was interesting with each book that it hadn't happened is we met these characters, and I thought I said was saying how, isn't it, it I, I, I thought they were going to add this person to the crew. I thought they were going to add this person to the crew. And now, I'm pretty sure they added some people to the crew. <laughs> they did. And, they, and, and, they did. <laughs> and, like, and it's like, it's you know, it's people that I thought would have been added before, but because of the way they did it 
it's almost more meaningful now than it would have been if they would have just th- kept them around. Right. After so I just I mean I just can't, can't applaud the the structure of this story enough. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, I'm with you. The every single character that you met in the prior books, like Bobby Abasarla, um, you know, Calissa Mal, they all become integral characters in this book. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost like James S.A. Corey has been setting us up for four books to meet here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and to become, you know, the crew we see at the very end of this novel, which right. drops us in a cliffhanger. It leaves us unresolved. But at the same time, and I don't know if the two of you agree with this or not, but at the same time, like I felt fulfilled with the ending of this Well, book. yeah, like because it, what it does is it resolves these – Every, the separate journeys of each person are brought together, and that's resolved. And so yeah. we're in that way. We, so we still don't have Marco's still out there doing his thing, and uh, right. And these ships flying toward the gate, you know, um, right. Marte do is, is doing his thing. But it didn't. It but didn't. at the same time, the door is wide open on some of these things. Oh yes, yeah. It's like it didn't solve the big problem, but at the same time. There was enough resolution that you're like, you felt satisfied. You didn't. You, I don't know. It, it was. A, it was a good conclusion. Agreed. To, to what it was, and there wasn't. It wasn't like a, such a strong cliffhanger. Like, oh, man, now I gotta wait for the next thing. It was like, okay, this is cool. I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, you, you know me. When I got to the end of this the first time, I didn't stop. <laughs> I kept going. <laughs> So, I, I didn't do that this time, but oh, but yeah, well, yeah. So very good. So that's our overall impressions of it. So let's get into uh, the uh, some of the nitty gritty. Uh, again, we talked about the characters that, in my opinion, were probably the most interesting. Was everyone but James Holden this time? Mm-hmm. Um, but even he has an interesting story. It's, it, w- which among the crew do you want to start with first? Oh, I, I think we should just go right down the line, start with Holden. All right, start with Holden. Who seems to have resolved uh, some issues, apparently, with Fred Johnson. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Be- well, at least he's he's getting the ship fixed. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the last one, because he kind of... I read that he kind of put him into a bigger place of power. Yeah. At the end of the last one, that kind of like solved their. That redeemed him. Yeah. Their, like Fred said, oh, look, I got control of Medina Station. Da-da. Yeah. And I'm here at the gate, you know, basically the, the gate lord. Right. Um, <laughs> the gate lord. Gate lord. Uh, his character, like I, the interesting thing is he wasn't as, he's growing to the point where he's not as, as, um, rash and he doesn't run headstrong into into crazy things as much and and he lies and and he lies he's not just <laughs> blurring everything out but i think in the past ones you know he he was always running off to do all the things and this time he gets to take a back seat and kind of like feel what everyone else is feeling while he's off doing this stuff and i thought that was an interesting for his character i think that's going to cause a lot of interesting growth to make him more captain like that we yeah. might be used to. 
And, the, you know, the most interesting things that happened with him on, um, on what station is he stuck on? Um, Tycho? Tycho. Tycho. So he's stuck in Tycho with Fred Johnson. I mean, the invasion of Tycho is kind of fascinating. And obviously mm-hmm. prior to that, the kidnapping of Monica Stewart, um, those were kind of, and each one in the right had their own tension attached to it. Um, but I definitely... Uh, I liked, uh, definitely agree with Fred Johnson and Monica Stewart. Um, it was neat to see kind of her, her return after book three. Mm-hmm. That was almost a big tragedy too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Someone who had huge success and then couldn't capture it again. Just chasing after it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, plus the huge tragedy, I guess you mean her almost getting yeah, kidnapped, kidnapped and killed. But, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, and uh, so, I mean, yeah, very good. And, 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 and Sakai? I didn't really grow attached to the character much. I when, forget, I re- I, when you're mentioning, I'm looking at you, Dave, because I'm hoping you tell me who this character is. It, it was the, it was the, the like, second-in-command of the, the base, right? No, no, Sakai was the, was the engineer. Was it the hacker? No. The one that developed the algorithm to track all the ships? No. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim. It was the guy who was repairing the Rosinante Rosinante that put the. He was working with the Marcos crew. Marcos crew, and he put like the virus on the ship yeah. and stuff. Is that right, Jim? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 started out in the book looking like a good guy, and by the end of the book, he was deplorable. Yeah, yep. he, he replaced the redhead girl that died. Oh, Sam. Sam. Yeah. So I can remember Sam. Can't remember Sakai. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. So I, I like James Holden, but by far the most. I think because we've been tracking a story for five books, um, not for me the most interesting of the characters that we kind of visit. Big Bex. I mean, he's there. N- necessary. Everything yeah. happening, like the the theft of the proto molecule, that's integral. Yeah. Into books, you know, six, seven, and eight. Right. Like you need that to happen, but the fig- and the figuring out that he's doing because he's one of the first ones is looking at these algorithms to figure out what's happening to these missing ships, and they're trying to track them. Like that's all in- important. He he took a definite backseat for this story, but at the same time, he drove the plot. A lot of things. I mean, you had a lot of the co- the cohesive, connective plot. Right. Like, because everyone else had their own little story going. And whenever it returned to, to James Holden, it was like, what's the big thing that's happening right, right now? Like, let's get back to the galactic right. event. Right. So. Yeah. Alex and Bobby, can you go check in this ship that's hanging out dark somewhere? Right. You know, do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, comments on this character, Jim? No, not for me. Okay. All right, now, Naomi, she she had quite an interesting thing. As a matter of fact, it kind of kicked the entire book off. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, with Philippe. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's how they would. Philip, I think, is the way they pronounce it in the book. Yeah, Philip in the. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not that. It's, I know you're our French expert, but it's not French this time. It's just French. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I took four years of German one in high school, so I'm not very <laughs> Four happy. years of German one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, yeah Philip, and then Marco, of course, and then uh, Sin, and all those 
the central core of Marco's crew. From the get-go, her story is fascinating. She gets this message that she appears to have been dreading coming, like sometime down the pike, and instantly mm-hmm. knows what she has to do, and she packs up and gives James an ultimatum, saying either you're going to let me go because you love me, or I'm going to leave and this is over. Yeah. So uh, quite the ultimatum for Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim, being the person he is, lets her go, but not without, you know, wrestling with that. Um, and then she, of course, goes to Sirius Station, where she evol- evades being tracked and ends up with sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, buys runs into her son, right, Philip, and uh, buys him a ship, and then she's kidnapped. Why are the quotes on that? Do you didn't, do you not think it's her son? No, I just. I just did the quotes. Mm. So now it's, it's, it's her son. Okay. Cause she's a quote unquote mother. <laughs> yeah, she sure. is. She is a quote unquote <laughs> mother, but uh, throughout the story, you find that Marco has been quite the bastard. He's just kind of, oh, sure. he, he's manipulated and used the son to try and control Naomi. And she says, screw this. I'm out of here. Right. And um, yeah. So what'd you think? Well, she definitely, she definitely has a very poor relationship with her, with her son. Yep. Yeah. And Marco, he's a manipulative bastard. He, just, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he is, he's pulling all the strings and trying to become a player at this, um, uh, solar system wide, uh, game that they're, that's going on the political thing. Right, but he just doesn't quite seem to have what it takes. Well, and that's what Fred Johnson says when you're like, "Who could be? Who could this be in the OPA?" And there's like a list of five people, and he's on that list, but he's not the highest in the list. He's not the highest because he doesn't seem to have what it takes to actually make stuff happen. So that that kind of leads us to think that there is, and it's suggested and hinted at that there's some other major player at work orchestrating the um everything that's been happening mm-hmm. you know but yeah well Mar- i like the way uh naomi des- um describes marco as being a guy that has a plot within a plot within a plot so regardless what happens he can't fail well he thinks he here's can a long here's yeah. a long range a far one and here's a second and then here's a yes he thinks he can Right. So what's this guy, a Moadib wannabe? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, the spice must flow. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, you know, I, he's an interesting, uh, Marco's interesting. There's no doubt. Like, uh, he, he, we don't get a lot into him and his background, but we get enough that he's, Naomi knows how to push his buttons, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it's interesting. How yeah. quickly she devolves into being willing to do whatever it takes to get away from him. Yes. I mean, she talks about how she tried suicide. She doesn't quite get fully to being suicidal again. She sees that she could. But at the same time, she's willing to die in an attempt to survive. Right. She's willing to take that risk. And to kill one of the crew. Yeah, because it's the only way. Well, and you know, that that shows us just how much she's actually grown up 
over the years because she was, you know, she was hopelessly devoted to Marco. Yeah. When she was young. It, now she now she sees him for what he is. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, she saw she, when she left, she became a stronger person. Right. Without him around. Well, no doubt. So. Yeah, I I liked it. I, I liked the... Um, um, that whole, the, the, the whole sequence with the, uh, with Marco and the manipulation of Marco and how he wanted to get the Rosinante, but the Rosinante docked and Jim didn't come. And so I see like his plans didn't come out a hundred percent. Right. But yeah, it is interesting. Interesting. But he is a guy, he is a man that is responsible for the rocks falling on earth. Well, and which as he- far as we know. But Philip was the one who. Well, yes. Yeah. So, so Philip is kind of responsible, but under the hand of, under the tutelage of Mark. Yeah. Um, but to boy, talk about devastation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Alex first. Okay. Alex is going to Mars. Yeah. Well, that was devastation he, there too. <laughs> yeah, and he is going to try to make nice, nice with his ex-wife. And she is not having any part of it whatsoever. I mean, she blows him off so bad. <laughs> like it's a wonder he didn't wind up back in orbit. <laughs> well, you know, and and that story, like, so that's why he goes to Mars, and you get that. But th- that's not really his story on Mars. Like, his, he goes to see the wife who d- blows him off, but it's really more about him and Bobby. Yeah, uh, getting back yeah. together, figuring out what's going on with his ships. We get in and Bobby is like being held at gunpoint by with five people and 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 Alex shows up and you know Bobby kicks butt and takes names and yeah. here we are. And for whatever reason yeah. they were after her because of him. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which I think shocked them when he showed up. Right. So I you know, I love that. And I love the the fact that we we're back into book um Book two with Julie Mal's racing ship. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of it. Yeah, um, Penis. The Penis. Yeah, you know that. You know they're. You know they, they're. They're using this to go and investigate the Great Beyond. But uh, seeing Bobby in that, and then seeing them being, you know, through a sequence of events, they discover Marco's hidden ships, and they get chased, and they get picked up at the Prime Minister ship, and the Prime Minister Nick ends up back in the ship. I air quoted that. You see that? Yeah, I did. I, I saw air it quoted there. Nick uh, because there's Prime Minister yeah. Smith here, which is true, but he just calls him, Alex calls him Nick. Right. Because he says, Yeah. Because yeah. our best friend. Basis. Right. He's not like Amos who just gives a nickname and then doesn't budge from it. Right. <laughs> but uh, I thought this, I thought, I thought Alex was, was a pretty cool story. I, I thought the thing with his wife was, or his ex wife was, uh, Harsh, but probably pretty realistic in some realistic. ways. And, and and ultimately, it's what James S. Corey, S. A. Corey did yeah. to bring him back to Mars. Right. And and I, the character didn't really expect much. It wasn't like he was crestfallen from it. He 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 was like, I don't really know why I want to go back. I just feel like I need to, to just go and talk to her. And he didn't, wasn't trying to get back together, but as soon as he went right. and talked to her, she shut him down right away. Yeah. Um, and then Bobby's back in it. I, in I, it. Go ahead, Jim. I think, I think he just wanted to... Not necessarily reconcile with Talisa, but I, I think he wanted to just have peace between them. Yeah, you know, there's one character we don't have on the list here that 
bears mentioning, and that is the guy that's kind of in charge of all the military ordinance and the investigation of it going missing. That's Duarte. Um, Alex runs into him, and they uh, and Alex gets recommended to this guy that gets that seems to be shot uh, or something happens. Um, but he's a player that seems to be in charge of all of Mars military. And there's a bunch of military stuff that's gone missing. It seems like. Yeah. That plays in later. Yeah, it does. Um, It's interesting to see when you meet up with Bobby, her duality of her um, commitments. Right. Both to Mars and to earth. Like she refuses to, because even when she's talking about the prime minister, like it's very clear she'd never do anything to uh, damage Mars, but at the same time, she's willing to do all these things for Avasarla, right? Because it's it feels like it's the right thing to do, right? Uh, regardless, I love Avasarla. She's great in this book. <laughs> she's <laughs> me too. She, or, it's whatever she speaks. I'm like, okay, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I think one of my favorite moments of the book. And I'm just going to skip right ahead to it. It has to do with Amos, where she's. Oh yeah. Where they're talking, and she's like, she's like, I'm not your. I'm. Stop I'm, calling me Chrissy. I'm not, not, <laughs> not that. There's a, there's a line I can't quite remember what it is. But she's something like, she's like, I'm your I'm your world leader, not your stripper. And he's like, can't we be a little bit of both? <laughs> just starts laughing. Well, I like this. I like this when he's like, he he arrives to Earth after this trip, right? He's getting back to Earth because Lydia's died, um, and he's coming back to Earth. And at the moment he steps off the plane, the ship, right, he gets kind of arrested, yeah. sort of. Uh, and he's putting his holding mm-hmm. cell, and he's sitting there, and and Abusada's face pops on the screen and says, "You know what the f are you doing on this planet? <laughs> you know, yeah. What is holding? You know, she's very suspicious. Yeah." <laughs> you know? What do you want? And they have this weird relationship <laughs> where she obviously, you know, like respects him and 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 will will go out of her way for him. But at the same time, she doesn't trust right what right. he's up to. Right. And I just love Chrissy. I just love the fact she gets called Chrissy. Yeah. Stop calling me Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. Which of course he does not. Do. That is so great. I Every know. chance he gets. <laughs> yeah. And then she'll correct him, and then he'll he'll say it again, and, and she thinks it's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> when he calls they, the they, uh, they, when he calls up for her, he's like, "If you've got someone there named Chrissy Avasarla, <laughs> then uh, you're gonna want to talk to her about." Me. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yes, yeah. I, I I love that sort of. Uh, I love I love that sort of relationship happening, and even like That's later a great on, dynamic. Well, yeah, and when later on, so after he visits Lydia and all that, he decides that before he before he leaves planet Earth because he's never coming back, he wants to go visit Clifford Mao, which of course plays into everything later on. Uh, but prior to this, yeah. um, if you guys get a chance, there is um, let me log into my audio account here. Uh, but there is a um, short story that really develops the relationship between Amos and Lydia. Um, and do you remember how uh, Eric, um, Eric, when he meets Eric, the guy with the bum arm, uh, right? When he when he meets him, calls him Timmy. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's important for you speaking to Jim and David and listeners here, if you are reading with us and not ahead of us that remember the name Timmy, because that is, that's Amos's original name. Yeah. Um, and uh, in one of the short stories, you encounter Amos as Timmy, and there is an Amos Burton, but it's not him. Like he's uh-huh. taken that identity from someone oh, else. No kidding. Yeah, he's taken that, and oh. he's taken that identity from someone else. But this Lydia character really plays into this short story. That's a part of it. Um, well, obviously, Amos cared a great great deal for her. And got to the point where, you know, if Charles doesn't give the right answers, he is going to die. Yeah. In a horrible, painful, terrible way. Mm. Right. And then he gets Eric to provide for Charles. Right. So the, oh, the book that is short story I'm talking about is called The Churn. And okay. it's an expanse novel. And it, it builds that background a little bit into it. Okay. Um, and explains how... Amos ends up in space. But, okay. But anyways, uh, so, but fascinating character being in Baltimore and then deciding, I'm going to go visit Clarissa Mile. What did you think about that whole, the way everything played out there? Uh, peaches. As peaches. It, which I love that name too. They uh, the greatest nicknames. The breakout was really cool. I yeah. thought that was kind of exciting. And I, and, but it, <laughs> they could have called this book, or they could have subtitled it, the one where the other guys get girlfriends. Because <laughs> it's basically what happens. <laughs> it's for both dudes. Um, they aren't really girlfriends, though. Yet. <laughs> they just seem they like... They aren't really girlfriends. They're building up relationships between these characters. <laughs> Romantic, it, it, it eludes. Yeah, uh, anyways. Um, I do like Peaches. I love, I love the, the breakout, as you said. Um, also liked... I mean, they, the world gets destroyed when they're underground. Mm-hmm. And so you see the world before they're underground and the world after they're underground yeah. and come up. Um, I like the uh, when, they, when, they, when they take the stuff from the prepper guy, the doomsday prepper. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of funny. And I like when they go visit Eric and Eric buys in. I, I love the connection between, I'm going to call her Peaches, Peaches and Eric. When when she sees through him and realizes that he's losing his entire empire and he gets that and somehow connects with Eric and then Eric buys into them going to this little secret cove. Mm-hmm. I also think it was, it was really good for us as readers to be in, reintroduced to her this way. Yes. Because it shows how much she's changed. Right, because we only ever got to see her as a manipulator and a murderer the last time. Right. Now you get to see mm-hmm. her as someone who... She's more like Amos. She is more like Amos. Yeah. There they're really are kindred spirits. Yeah. Well, in, in a lot of ways, but in, in a lot of ways they're, they're not, because Amos, uh, in this story, is absolutely... He, he's black or white. You're either okay or you're dead, right? One, one or the other, and and he doesn't seem to have any compunction about uh, pulling the trigger on somebody if he feels they need killing. He's going to do it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. 
and and his measuring stick is his own sense of morality. Or what would James Holden do? Yeah, he has that. He has that kind of. Well, I think that's his growth. Is that he says, "What would James Holden do?" But you can kind of see he's because they they make a, a point of pointing out that he sticks with Holden because Holden's his conscience, and then when he's out on his own. A few times he says, well, what would James Holden do? But I think what you're seeing is him developing his own moral sense. Yeah. A stronger moral sense. When again, if you read, if you end up reading the churn, this the short story, that's developed there too. That's very much Amos. That's his personality. If he thinks it's right, don't get in his way. You know? Yeah, you know? I like Amos a lot. Yeah. He's, you, I you, think you know where you stand. His story in in this book was probably my favorite one and it was like i want to get back to amos i want to get back to amos <laughs> yeah uh I could, well first of all i like post-apocalyptic stories right and it doesn't get much more post-apocalyptic than what happened to earth and what a mess that became yeah um you know and eric how the very delicate relationship those two had oh i know amos and eric you know you never knew when they were going to start drawing down on each other or helping each other out yeah and that you know it it just kept you wanting to read on to try to figure out how are they going to resolve this relationship it was kind of interesting how they turned out parting ways as almost friends yeah well and uh yeah, I agree. I, I'd like to, in Amos, how he sneaks Clarissa Mile back on the Rosinante. Yeah. And wants him to be an apprentice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he sneaks her on, but at the same time, he's just not, like, he places it down. She just gets out. He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that, Alex. Yeah, yeah I'll talk to the captain about it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't hide it very well once she's on board. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think probably move on from character. What's this last one that we have on Suaviteri? Suaviteri. Suaviteri. Jim, who's that? I that doesn't ring a bell to me. Is that the guy on the ship at the very end? Yeah, of course you're going to ask me that, and it's been a month since we read this thing. Um, Suaviteri turned out turned out to be a bad guy but i can't remember exactly why he was bad he's okay i think i remember it's in the epilogue he's the guy on the stolen uh the stolen oh um, yes okay so ships yeah and then the epilogue they go again yeah, got to get the book seven or eight for that to make sense. Right. They go, he turns to like a puff of atoms and some sort of creature gets him. Right. So again, you're not going to, that's not going to play in book seven and eight. You're going to start seeing that. Yeah. Um, and especially, especially book eight comes into play. Um, and this, this comes into play, like, like literally like, well, don't give anything away. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, don't talk. I, don't, I won't give anything you away. But, too much. but it does. It, I didn't give anything away. Everything's gone. Everything's away. 
Everything's away. No, just plays in the future books. Yeah. Captain Sovateri is the commanding officer of the MCRN Doniger class battleship Barkeith. Yeah. And uh, it's part of a dissident fleet of MCRN vessels under the direction of Admiral Duarte. And That's right. bound for Laconia Station, a destination in one of the ring systems for unknown reasons. Right. Well, so I, yes. <laughs> That's yeah, all I'm going to so, say. Well, yep. This was the cliffhanger is. for the book. So, yeah. The bigger cliffhanger, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, where are we off to next? Pop-up. Well, so uh, we had different places, Mars, Earth. Um, I think that we kind of talked about these different stations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about some of the favorite points of plot. Maybe things that we didn't touch on when we were talking about characters. I have one of you. If you Go ahead. Any so one of my favorite parts is the rescue of Naomi. Uh, from the point of her pushing herself out of Marco's ship and sin with her, uh, the anticipation of, of course, she's the main character. She's going to make it, but is she going to make it? Is she in the airlock? She's in the airlock. She's suffering from the per- the burns and everything. And then how do I communicate and tell Alex to stay away? And the whole, you know, the way she manipulates the message to the rescue by Bobby, who rides in on a missile, like uh, that one 60s movie. <laughs> Doctor, who's it? Doctor Strangelove does that? I don't remember. Is that right? No. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, he he rides the bomb to the... Yeah, detonation. Um, so that, that's all I could picture. But, but here's Bobby, you know, pulling a Doctor Strangelove and flying in to rescue Naomi. Uh, but I did like that whole that whole sequence of events kept me engaged and and um yeah i'm with you i although i'll say i felt for a moment like they could kill her off because you had all these these characters that were clearly being like soft added to the crew in this book and i thought well this would be the time to take care, and how would it change James Holden? Right, happen? and I was like, and the way that it was written, I was like, I could very easily see the next sentence being like, "That that's passed away or whatever." Right, right. And I, I, it, it was written in a, in a, it wasn't written in a in a fashion where it was like, well, I mean, if she dies, it'll be the next paragraph. It was like it could be the next sentence. Right. Yeah. Right, which is good writing. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried in some of the forwards of the book. They, uh, they, uh, they obviously have a real close relationship with George R. R. Martin, uh, which you know anything goes as far as characters dying. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so that was one of my favorite points of plot. Yeah, I think for me, a uh, favorite point is I, I want to stick with like Amos and just uh, like when they were taken off and the. The ship and stuff, and they kind of blew up the people behind them. Yeah, who was who was the uh, the the organization was uh, start with a P. Uh, it was like they were like security guards, that right? They were they the same security guards that were part of the uh, the proto molecule? Was that the same security company? 
Uh, you know, I don't know, but I don't think they weren't acting for the company. They were like, no, they were acting as security pe- here. For pe- well, no, they were people who were left behind, right? Who were security who then used their power to just become a gang, right? And kind of, right? Yeah. So that that escape was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, and then just that coupled with when they arrive on on Mars and the the conversation the without with the moon. Sorry. Yeah. The conversation with Avasarla there. Right. Yeah, you so. don't want to go in that ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she knows. She figures it out. Right. Right. Yeah, she's smart. So, yeah. Jim? Um, I think all the way through the book, I really enjoyed how everybody went back and dealt with, well, almost everybody went back and dealt with some issue from the past that needed that needed to be resolved in their own minds and make sure that that things were left uh in order you know yeah good old uh, alex and and his uh his ex i mean even on the tv show he was pining for her and and apologizing to her in his own mind mm-hmm. uh, you know and finally he he's going to go find out that she doesn't give a damn less one way or the other, you know, just as long as he stays gone, she's been hurt that badly that she doesn't want anything to do with him. And Amos goes back to look for somebody that, that he cared a great deal about and, and it's resolved. She's passed on and she didn't, uh, she wasn't hurt by anybody. So he's cool with that. And so once these things are all resolved, we, they, our characters move forward and, and carry on from there. In fact, and, in fact, Alex and Amos kind of have the same story. They go back, they deal with a certain part of their past, and then there's like a second part to their story that happens. Yeah. yeah. And Naomi, of course, she's already grown beyond uh, her past. But, you know, even she, she would really like to make a connection with her son, but she's been gone for so long, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and even that has resolution as Naomi realizes that, okay, this is, this is not going to work. So it's time for me to move on um, to something else. Well, I think the difference here is, with Amos and Alex, like Scott said, they go they go back into their past and then move away from it. But uh, Naomi's already moved away from her past, and her story, her past, comes back at her. Well, yeah, and I think for her, it's the self-doubt as a mother, you know, that, that really pulls her back in like Philip. Philip needs you mm-hmm. is, is a phrase that kind of pulls her back in. And I think she's wrestling with, I abandoned my kid. Yeah. And despite yeah, her, she's got to have regrets. Yeah. And despite her moving on and changing, she's not that cold hearted that she doesn't wonder if I can help my son, I would still drop everything to do it. And in the process it jeopardizes mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. but Interest. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the only other thing that I would mention that I that uh, event that I really liked 
was Amos when he's traveling to Earth. He's on that freighter, and he meets up with his uh, with his gay couple and their and their daughter, and he provides them insurance. Like he is their insurance. Remember the guys come around to sell that fake insurance. Yeah, they they, they, uh-huh. they run a skim, skimming operation, and then he like yeah. You you see Amos. We we get it's hinted at. They Amos's knowledge and background of that sort of stuff hints at Amos's past, which we find out, um, and then we're introduced to it in this way by him being protective of these two of these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was an incredible scene. So, yeah. So yeah. Shall we move on to quotes? Let's move into quotes. Uh, I mean, I kind of gave mine with Avasarla and, and Amos earlier, so. I'm going to stick with that, but uh, I, th- <laughs> I think, uh, Jim, is this, is this quote from you in here? Yeah, I, I typed that one in. Yep. Um, I, I, I can't remember the exact, oh, I do, yes. Uh, Amos wants to bring Clarissa, uh, Clarissa onto the ship as a crew member. Yeah, well, she's already on the ship, but <laughs> as yeah. a crew, though. And one. And and Amos wants to keep her there, right? And and Holden isn't so sure. He says, "I mean, Clarissa Mao." Jim said, "How does anyone think that that is a good idea?" Amos isn't afraid of monsters. Naomi said, "The words tasted bitter, but not completely so, or no, not bitter. Complex though. She is responsible for a lot of dead people." Jim said. She blew up the Sung Un, took out a quarter of the crew, and that one body they found, the one she was carrying around in a toolbox, do you remember that? I do. That guy was a friend of hers. She wasn't just killing faceless enemies. She was right down, looked them in the eyes, killing people that she knew, that she liked. How do you go from that to, I know, let's ship out with her. <laughs> it's a great conversation. Yeah. It is. It's the best one in the book. Well, it is. <laughs> and it's it's fascinating, but you know, the thing that you realize in this book, through all the other characters' backstories, and maybe not Jim, not with James, but with everyone else, that each character has changed and has become someone different than who they were originally. And that makes the buy-in for Clarissa Mal also a very believable thing. Like if Amos can change, if Naomi can change, then Clarissa can change. Right. And Naomi certainly has been responsible for killing perhaps many people. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think that uh, with the relationship that, that Amos and Clarissa have, I think she'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see where that uh, goes. Mr. Reed ahead, he's sitting over there, his eyes rolling well, no, up no, in his no. head. <laughs> uh, but I do have a question because I forget where this book ends. This is almost one of the final conversations in the book, right? Right. Um, yeah. Do, they don't make a decision in the book. Not that I can recall. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any quotes or anything? 
Uh, I don't. I, I love these quotes and all the lines from Amos with Chrissy. That they were all great. We're talking <laughs> about the Moretti, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're very they're very good. Okay. So. All right. Well, let's move. Oh, into- uh, one, I, I do want to say one thing before we move into our final ratings and and final thoughts. Okay. I like how even though Marcos is the bad guy. He highlights an essential flaw in the government system and the new world. And that is that the belters are going to be left, are, are going to be given the shaft through the explore. We see Mars is already dying uh, because people are shipping out to all these new worlds. And the belters who have grown up only in you know, in a place with no gravity or very little gravity are going to be given the shaft when new worlds come. They're going to be left behind because no one will need their ore anymore. They won't need their water. Yeah. You know? And so despite the flaws that Marco has, and he has some major ones because he tried to decimate earth, right? Um, Fred, even Johnson or Fred, we're on a first name basis said, you know, (laughs) that, you know, that, you know, also acknowledges the fact that they do have a point. And I think even James Holden really kind of acknowledges that. And so does Chrissy Avasarla. Yeah. I think they all kind of see that. And it's a question of, is this a little too late? Right. Well, I think Avasarla says, said, Avasarla says that she was like, if they would have offered to help with earth or whatever, I'd give them basic, but it's too late for that. There's, there's nothing to give them because right. it's all destroyed. It's all destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did want to point oh, that Marco- out. Go ahead. With Marco, I think I don't think he is the tip of the iceberg, though. Actually, I think he is a figurehead for someone behind him. Well, the answer is definitely uh, well. He, I guess he you would say he is the tip of the iceberg, but but there's something bigger underneath. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, but I but I get what you're saying there. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's no doubt that he is not. He's a chess piece on the board, but he's not the person moving the chess piece. There's no doubt. He he just he just seems way too um full of himself and his power. Yep. Yeah. To realistically be a, an effective leader. Well, they they give a you know that last chapter where the guy gets disintegrated that that's a, that's a hint that direction of who those uh yeah players are. But. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Uh, I guess closing thoughts and ratings, huh? Yeah. So let's start with you, Scott. Me? Yeah. Hands down, this book's a five. I mean, I can't rate it any less than that. Of the books that we read as a podcast up to this point, um, this book is my favorite because of all the reasons we talked about, all the characters that come into play, the background, we get that all fleshed out. It continues to be character-driven, which, again, James S.A. Corey yeah, the books have been so far, but we get all these different characters that we, you know, didn't know about that we wanted to know, and we get that, and I like that. Um, it also, uh, since I'm Mr. Rita Head, does a phenomenal job setting up, setting up future books. Um, don't forget that Amos Burton's name is Timmy. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim, how about you? Uh uh, absolutely. I think I've called every one of these books a, a five, and this one a five plus out of five <laughs> because it, as 
as Scott just said, it it is my it's also my favorite book of the series. It's it's loaded with action. It is loaded with character development and it it just grabs your attention and holds on and just doesn't let go. I I'm right on board. Five out of five. I, the, I know usually I ask, like, would you recommend this to a sci-fi person? Would you recommend it to a non? And then is it good enough to read on its own? I think this book does not stand alone. But I think that that's part of what makes it so great. Is that it's it's just so much of a continuation and uh, could growth. It, could it stand alone? I don't think it would have the same gusto. Well, you certainly wouldn't have the connection to the characters that we've had. There'd be right. a lot of references missed. But you kind of find out backgrounds about all these characters. I mean, I guess you could read it if you wanted to, but... I, again, I would, would I recommend, recommend I, it. I, yeah. yeah. Would I recommend it? No. But yeah. if you're going to pick it up by itself, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. So five out of five for me. Easy five yeah. out of five. Wait, not, well, I say way better than the last one, but the last one was a four out of five for me. So that's... So not but, way better, but better. Yeah, like <laughs> they moved. They moved around. That was David's big complaint. They were stuck in one freaking yeah. planet the whole time. Right. I don't know. I just like this one so much more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I'm with you. I, I. I agree with you. I think it's a uh, best book so far. Can't wait to read the next one. Yeah. Let's read the. F- let's find out what happens to Marcos. Well, and Philip. S- speaking of our next next book. Yeah, well, it's not this. It's not. For those of you you listening to the show, you know that we do fantasy one month and science fiction the next. Right. And this one blurs the lines a little bit, Jim. That's Jim's fault. It won the poll, and it's The Green Knight by Chris (laughs) Dietzel. Yeah, well, you know, he kind of charmed us with his fanatical loot play. I know. Like, oh, I'm going to pick this one. He's like, look at this book. I mean, it's it's fantasy in space, right? That that works. (laughs) Yeah, see, I was playing the Harry Potter theme while I talked to you guys about it. (laughs) We start singing. So, David. Yeah. Yeah, if there's any singing to do, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, 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 shot down oh by the loot man. The loot master. Now, I, I didn't it. say I didn't say anything other than I will take care of the music department. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'll, I'll let you. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. No, you, you, no. you better not. No. The battle set master. No, no way. Can't go. Can't go against that. But. We will return to the expanse because our poll that would normally be going up for the sci-fi book is just straight up Babylon's Ashes by James and Sequora. Yeah. Is that the next Sequora. one? Yeah. Well, according to the notes here. So. All right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who would ever go against ah, the, the notes? Are these obviously notes. right. The, the notes also said closing thoughts at Abaddon's Gate. This yeah. is not Abaddon's Gate. So. No. I mean, whoever made these notes, I know, I just, must put all of their talent into loots. I know, and, not, and note, just not pay attention not, to actually what the notes say. Right. And, um, we won't name any yeah, names. Yeah, we won't. We will refuse. I mean, because <laughs> who would diss the loot masters? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, no, all just right. kidding. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, Dude. absolutely. Yeah, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. Yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on our website, orbitalsort.com. Also. We have email, theorbitalsword at gmail.com. That seems to be the number one place for people to talk to us. Hit us with book book reviews, book suggestions, what you thought of this book or any book that we've read or any book in general. 
we'll uh, talk about whatever you whatever you send in. We also have a voicemail, and you can hit us up at that at. Uh, I don't have the show notes in front of me, so you can go ahead and read it. One two six zero five seven zero. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, one two six zero five seven seven chat. That's one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And a big thanks to everyone supporting us on Patreon. Yeah. Us there, if you want absolutely to support the show. Um. So for that, I think that's about it. I, once again, for the Orbital Sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword. <laughs> May Shailud clear the path before you. If I go to the sky, I will always see your smile. I will always see your smile. You're the